welcome to the ABCA's podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Brownlee. This episode is sponsored by Netting Pros. Netting professionals are improving programs one facility at a time. Netting professionals specializes in the design, fabrication, and installation of custom netting for backstops, batting cages, dugouts, BP screens, and ball carts. They also design and install digital graphic wall padding, windscreen, turf, turf protectors, dugout benches, dugout cubbies, and more. Netting Professionals is an official partner of the ABCA and continues to provide quality products and services to many high school, college, and professional fields, facilities, and stadiums throughout the country. Netting professionals are improving programs one facility at a time. Contact them today at 844-620-2707 or info at nettingpros.com. Visit them online at www.nettingpros.com or check out Netting Pros on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn for all their latest products and projects. Make sure to let CEO Will Miner know that the ABCA sent you. Now on to the podcast. Next up on the ABCA podcast are practice day interviews from Enid, Oklahoma and Cedar Rapids, Iowa. We got to spend some time with our ABCA member coaches that were competing for the NJCA Division II and NCAA Division III World Series. We kick it off in Enid with Kellogg's Eric Lascovi, Madison's Mike Davenport, Lackawanna's Mike McCary, Frederick's Rodney Bennett, Kirkwood's Todd Rima, Phoenix's Kevin Kimball, Lincoln Land's Ron Riggle, and NCAA National Championship LSU Eunice's Jeff Willis. Then we headed over to Cedar Rapids with Adrian's Craig Rainey, Johns Hopkins' Bob Bab, Cortland's Joe Brown, Rowan's Mike Dixon, and National Champ Salisbury's Troy Brohan. The college game is at an all-time high for coaches and players. There was high-level play at both of these championships. Let's welcome everyone to the podcast. All right, here with Eric Lascovi, head man at Kellogg Community College. Eric, thanks for having us. Hey, thanks, Brian. Happy to be here. Uh, in this unprecedented season, does it mean more to make it this year? Yeah, I think, you know, we've all faced a, a number of challenges uh, this spring, and uh, we're proud of this team for uh, being able to overcome some of these challenges and uh, uh, to be here in Enid is, uh, is, has been amazing. What's been the biggest strength of your team this year? You know, I think it's our mental toughness and our competitiveness. I think, uh, uh, you know, that um, numerous times we've been down and this team's been able to continuously battle back. And uh, I think uh, in the regional finals to lose the first game at Lansing, who was number one in the country, to come back on their field and win the next two, uh, you know, uh, resulting in a trip to Enid, uh, I think is testament to uh, our team's mental toughness. So. Were there any turning points during the regular season? There were some turning points. Uh, in the middle of the season, as we had protocols and injuries coming off those and everything else, we found ourselves in third place in our own division. And uh, at that point, uh, we had won nine, you know, won nine straight from there, uh, and then were able to get into the regional tournament, uh, won the division, won the regionals, and got back here. But we were looking you know, in, in, in early April there, and we were wondering if we were even, even going to make the regionals. So uh, there definitely was a turning point. And I think that uh, it was a gut check after uh, 
um, losing all four games of a series to one of our conference opponents. And from there, uh, this team got together, came together, and they've made a great run since. Anything else kind of get that nine-game winning streak going? Yeah, our bullpen, uh, I think that uh, our, our bullpen, uh, Connor Brawley on the back end of our bullpen has been lights out for us, and, and some of the relievers that we have to get the ball to Connor uh, have been terrific as well. And then, you know, we think offensively, uh, you know, we think that we're capable of uh, hanging a crooked inning at some point in the game, and, and uh, fortunately that's been the case so far. And, and so we think that if we can play fundamental defense out here and continue to get solid starting pitching, that uh, we'll have a good chance to make a run. Is that the key to winning in championship baseball, pitching and defense? Absolutely. Yeah, we, it and, is, and, isn't yeah, it? And, and we've had some, you know, I think some difficulties defensively at times this year and uh, different lineups and shuffling some folks around. But, uh, you know, I really think uh, our pitchers are pretty good at pounding the zone. And if we can just make those routine plays defensively, you know, we're going to be in everything. How have you handled with guys getting a year back eligibility-wise? Well, you know, I think it's been great. You know, these, these guys come back. Uh, you know, you talk about culture and and, and Do you have many third-year guys? We have four third-year guys, four guys that have been here to Enid in 2019. And so, you know, they've been very helpful in making sure that everybody understands our expectations. And, uh, you know, obviously a, a year of extra experience um, has shown in, in uh, how they compete. Do you have some team building tips for coaches that are watching right now? Well, you know, well, let me think about that. Um, Anything maybe you guys you do with your team that you feel like maybe some other programs don't do? I mean, we all have some similarities, but is there anything that you feel like makes it special for you guys? You know, I, I think culture is something that's built over time. It's brick by brick, and I think that, uh, you know, we, we really give everybody opportunities to lead and uh, you know we're always looking for opportunities to connect with our players that's a big thing I think that you see at the junior college level uh, and then you know from there it's it's uh, open and upfront communication at all times and I think they appreciate that. What are some other tips for some coaches that are watching right now? Well, you know, I think that uh, for us, you know, we, we really want to hold our guys accountable. We want to set expectations high. And, um, you know, like we told them as we get into the playoffs, at this point, you know, they're, they're driving the bus. We're along for the ride. And, and, and uh, you know, we really kind of, uh, you know, have an understanding at this point. They know what we expect. Uh, we've done all the coaching and teaching that we can do. And now it's time to let them go. And so we kind of pull the brains back in playoff season and, and turn it over to the players. And we just work hard on scouting reports and trying to put them in the best position to succeed. From an accountability, I mean, coaches talk about accountability a lot. What are some things that you do to keep guys accountable? Yeah, I mean, for us, it all starts with uh, on time is late and, and punctuality, and, and it kind of goes from there. But, uh, you what know, are I some think consequences? Say you got a guy late. Um, you know, I don't like using punishment. I don't think that's a thing if you're keeping. I think there's some love involved with keeping people accountable. Yeah. Uh, if you care about them, you're going to be willing to, to kind of take that step with them to keep them accountable. So what are some of the consequences maybe if somebody is late? Yeah, you know, again, it's, it's not about the hammer for us. It's about love. But uh, at the same time, we're pretty firm and upfront about things. You know, we really don't have, it might happen once. It might be a, a firm conversation. We just don't have those kind of things happen regularly. Well, and that's culture piece too, right? Yeah. You know, the, the guys kind of let each other know that, hey, do not be late, um, whether it's missing the bus or, you know, I think we learned that pretty quick at Evansville. If you were late for the bus, the bus was not going to wait yeah. for you. It was going to be gone. I'm sure Brian Deal has, has said that a couple times because yeah. my dad was not going to do it. And it only took that one time. And so the programs that I was at, 
we would talk about it. If we had a guy late, we would leave him. So that got word got out pretty quick with the players that okay, hey, don't be late for the bus. Yeah, same thing here. If the bus is leaving at noon, it's pulling out at eleven fifty-five, and and they've heard the stories, and so they they know. And and so you know from there, uh, we don't miss class. You know, we, we want to sit in the front row. We want to be civil. You know, those are hallmarks of our program. And, uh, you know, I think putting teeth into it does matter. Constantly reinforcing it does matter. But again, um, you also rely on great leadership. And, and we've been very fortunate here uh, that we've had tremendous leadership from our players. What's your focus today? You know, you guys are playing tomorrow. So what's the focus today for practice? Yeah, today it's, you know, we, we were able to get out Thursday night uh, at uh, NOC Enid's Field and, and acclimate to the turf a little bit, uh, you know, kind of get the, the bus legs, uh, kind of get that out of there. And then today, uh, for us, we, we're not going to be able to get on the field due to weather, so it's just going to be about, uh, again, a good warm-up stretch and throw. Uh, and, and then, you know, we want to get some quality swings uh, in the cages today uh, to prepare us for tomorrow. Thanks, Coach. Thank you. Appreciate it. Here with Mike Davenport, head man at Madison College. So, Mike, thanks for having us. Thank you. In this unprecedented season, does it mean more to make it this year? Um, I don't know. It's pretty special anytime you make it, but there's definitely been more obstacles and hurdles, obviously, for I would say probably nearly every program has, has dealt with them a little bit more. We, we have, uh, yeah, we have a lot of protocols, COVID testing since February. So, we've, yeah, we've been, uh, we've run the full gamut of, uh, of uh, trying to be safe and doing this the right way. So. What trip is this for you guys? How many times? Um, to Enid, this will be, uh, I think this is our ninth trip here. So it's, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great tournament. Uh, we've been here a good number of times, so it's um, a little familiar to me, but not for the team. This year we've got one guy who was here in 19, and so there's only two of us who, have, who, have, uh, who will be in the dugout that have been on uh, David Allen Ballpark. Field, so. What's the strength of your squad this year? Uh, we're just, I think we're pretty solid everywhere. I don't know if we're great anywhere. Um, we've dealt with some injuries a little bit more than uh, most years, but uh, the depth has been uh, has been good enough to have us stay consistent no matter who we're putting out there. So I think, uh, you know, just in general, I think that it's a pretty solid squad. Right-handed hitters, left-handed hitters, and we've, as the season has gone on, we've gotten, I think, better defensively. So I'm hoping. Obviously, that continues here. What are some keys to playing well in the postseason? Uh, I think throwing strikes and playing defense. You know, it's like the old adage of those two things plus timely hitting. Um, and there'll be some games, I'm sure, uh, along the way in postseason where they're high-scoring games. But when you look at the majority of games, especially early when it's uh, top pitchers on top pitchers, the majority of those those games end up being close one-run games often. And uh, I think the teams that uh, do the little things well give themselves a better chance to win how have you handled uh guys having a year back i mean we talked about that last night so yeah. you, you know you have a roster cap so yeah. probably not as many as some other squads no we actually only have uh, on this on this squad we only have one guy on our roster who is a third year guy so we've got about half covid freshmen half uh true freshmen and um and some of our covid freshmen are moving on and some of them are coming back but uh that was kind of we sat down with each individual and kind of talked through that in the fall of what uh, you know, what we thought was best overall. What was your focus today? You saw a little bit of team fungo stuff. So, what was your focus today uh, to get well, ready? We took a normal BP. Uh, our coaches did a good job of getting us through it. Eleven minutes a group, and and then it gave us about how many groups? Uh, they... Four groups. So, 44 minutes, and yep. then it gave us about you know 10, 12 minutes to just go through 
what we do is our situational where each pitcher will run out there for an out. We give them a different circum uh, circumstance or situation each time and um, just trying to get them on and have a little bit of baseball, like r real baseball action other than BP and fungos off the fungo bat. Have you always done BP for time or has it been rounds or, or when did you switch to going like 11 minutes per group? Well, we, normally we don't have, I mean, we don't really have um, a set time unless we have one hour to practice. So yeah. figure if we could get through in 45 minutes, that would give us at least 10, 12 minutes to, to get on the field and, and do some situational stuff. Was there a turning point for you guys this season? Um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think with the guys that come to this program, it's kind of the timing of when we feel like we start to kind of know who's gonna end up being on the field it happens about the same time usually. We get a lot of guys opportunities early, probably through about halfway through the season, everybody's getting, I mean, they're getting quite a bit of, of shot to show what they're capable of doing. Did that change for you though this year with COVID? Uh, it wa I wanted to a little bit, but we kind of stuck with it because we'll usually go on our spring trip and play 12 games in Arizona and we go there to win, but every kid's out there for at least probably three or four starts out of the 12 games and um, against good pitching teams that have played already. So we throw them into the fire. We didn't get to do that this year. And almost all of our games were region games. So I, try, I tried to live true to what we've always done and what was said to these guys when we recruited them. And even though we didn't go to Arizona, we, we rolled them out there. Um, and they all had opportunities for sure. Probably started to pair back a little bit after the halfway point, you know. And then now we're you know, on a rotation where I, the benefit of doing that for us over the years has given us a chance if somebody did get hurt or went cold or something. It's, yeah, is that a key gives, for you guys? You're always playing well at the end of the year. Do you feel like that's a key because you have played a bunch of guys early? I do, and I, and I think it gives us a chance. So like we had a, a, our leadoff guy um, got injured with just like a kind of collision play, an intentional collision play in our regional, and we plugged a guy in who's been kind of up and down all year long but keeps showing up to the park every day to get after it, and he was probably our best hitter through the weekend. Um, and so I think... I do think that playing guys as long as we do, um, if we do get to the postseason, gives us it gives us some options down the road. So, yeah. What are some other team building tips? Team building tips. Um, you know, we don't. I just. I've never been a like set big goals kind of guy. Um, our goal for these guys every day is to show up and walk off the field better than you were when you when you walked in. Um, and if they could truly do that every day. And sometimes they'll hear, you're gonna have a bad physical day, but how did you get better today, right? If you had a bad physical day and you're moping and crying, you didn't, you didn't right? You didn't get better. All you did is went back to your you know, sophomore year of high school. I feel sorry for myself days, right? And so we're just, that, that grind and that talk is kind of the, that's the emphasis every day. And you know, I think like a lot of, like a lot of uh, coaches probably start a little bit more firm at the beginning and as we start going we just we want these guys not that we won't talk at tournament time but we want these guys to know that this the onus is on them they're the players we i always say we give you the info you figure out what you want to do with it and uh how long did it take you to figure that piece out um you know what i do feel like i got better with the style of what i coach with now like systematically it probably changed in 2009 um, and that's, uh, it was a year I ended up, I was born with a heart defect and had open heart surgery. Spent a lot of time in bed, way more than I ever have in my life. And, um, you know, kind of the one thing that kept 
feel before, like that gave you a chance to reset? It did. And it, uh, I think what happened is it gave me a chance to think, okay, you, you've done pretty well with your teams have done well. They've all gotten better. Um, the kids come in, they work hard, but what is, what can we do better? And what kept coming back to me was they walk in and I tell them how hard they're going to work. And that stopped. That's where I think I've grown because I let them show me who they are. And sometimes it's hard to bite my tongue early. And we're not, I mean, we're not going to have guys out here messing well, around and everything. Do you feel like you get patient as you get older as a coach? Yes and no. Um, full honesty, I'm struggling with this generation a little bit. Um, not as like the kids themselves, but just what they walk in with club baseball and really a lot of these guys haven't had to compete for jobs or spots ever. It's just, it's a completely different animal than it used to be. And so spin rate how are you I mean, how stuff. are you handling that better i mean um, you got to adjust that's part of being a good coach is you have to adjust with the generation well, so I, how are you handling that yeah i what i've tried to do from the beginning is be as detailed as i can on our recruiting process and when they come in it is it's a long recruiting day and a lot of it is me just i don't want them to walk in and and not know what they're walking into Right, and so for me now, I tell yeah, you take care of that on the front end, right? Isn't that to. probably a good tip for most coaches, especially at the college level? I is think, take care of, of the personality on the front end, and you know you know who's going to mesh with you, and correct. you don't always get it right, correct? But you can at least try to get close. Absolutely right. So yeah, everything can't be perfect, and you got to adapt and adjust to certain things. But my main goal is I know what I tell our recruits has to do with what we feel like we do well, our process, how it operates, a lot of people play. I mean, we give them all of the information um, and never, uh, never in my mind what I want is somebody saying that was not said to me, right? So, but they, they do know it's gonna be competition. This day and age, I tell them I'm not into video, I'm not into spin rate, I'm not into, right? So if that's something that you really wanna do, if you, if you want uh, Twitter bombs every day at practice and like, that's not, that's not me, right? Um, and, and so- And that's another good tip, right? You gotta, you gotta stay true to yourself you as do. a coach too. You do, and, but with that, I have to adapt and adjust a little bit, let them have fun at, at their level, at, at their age, a few days, a few minutes, right? So, but no, I just, I do think that and in general, you just be, you be honest with them, but you have, to, you have to follow through with what you told people, right? And for me, that's the biggest thing. I just, I wanna be able to lay my head down at night and know I don't, I'm not ever, or very rarely am I a guy when I get home to my family that I am like stewing about something, it's gone. I just let it go. Um, so that doesn't, that doesn't dominate me. Um, try to have them understand the same thing. Take a little time of reflection before you get home, right? And then just kind of let it go. But you can, right, you can spend time and thought of what can help you get better. But if you're worried about what you're not doing, it takes a lot longer to get better at what you need to do, right? So, um, yeah, no, I just, I think being true to yourself is important. But I think the most important thing is following through with the things that you've said to people and not just saying whatever you need to say to get them in your building and then, right? <laughs> so. Yeah, it's uh, it, it sometimes it's tough, right? And you wanna you wanna kind of reverse course just because somebody's really struggling, or you wanna, you know, you you want want to beat them down every day just because they just they're not doing and working at it the way that you want them to. But that's once again, it's, I feel like where I've really improved myself um, from the point of letting them show me who they are, 
Just watch television. You got some guys who are hyperactive movers. You got some guys who look like they're sleeping. Um, in the olden days, it was like you sh it was like show up for military, right? Um, and uh, so I, I do think that that has helped me allow them to actually grow to be you know more of what they want to be and who they want to be within the parameters of you know it has to look a certain way when we get out here right that's really important to me I mean, um, what are some non-negotiables for you absolutely what are some of your non-negotiables uh, just philosophy of program guys that have to be willing to pitch in the strike zone and not try to strike everybody out uh, they have to be willing to understand that we will spend less time with mass swings than other programs probably do because um, like a big staple for us is that I tell these guys there are a lot of teams that want to hit to end games there's very few teams that want to play defense to end games and if you can want to pitch and play defense and feel equally right then you got a pretty good chance to to win some close games right so for us like the situational stuff this was like for people walking and be like man why are they wasting their BP time on situations that's a part of our weekly once we get start start getting close to turn, we did this for about an hour and a half, two hours, two days last week, um, two days leading into the regionals, and it's just preparation for how good can we be out here to make plays to get off the field, right? So, and that's gotten better with this team as the year has gone on, and um, yeah, and we hope it continues. Thank you, Coach. Thank you. Here with Mike McCary, Lackawanna head man. Thanks for for joining with us oh, today. Oh, thanks for having me, man. Beautiful day. Yep. In this unprecedented time, uh, do you feel like it's more special this year to make it? I think so because when I look back through it, it took 40 families, every administrator, everybody in the region, like to, to make this thing happen, it took probably 10 times more people than it normally takes. So it's special. What's the strength of your team this year? Oh man, we, we're going to make you work one through nine in the order. Almost every guy, the guy that we play is going to come with a proprietary tool to play. So we're just going to wear you down that way. What are some tips for playing well in the postseason? I think don't try and reinvent the wheel. Identify what your strengths are and really just kind of lean into them. And then we preach a, we just got to do what's in front of us every day. You know, don't get outside of it. There's no pressure unless we create it. And it's just kind of, hey, how do we play Saturday to get to Sunday? How do we play Sunday to get to Monday? And just kind of keep that focus the whole way. What's your focus today here with, with pregame, getting ready for tomorrow? Oh, man, two days on a bus, a, a night in a hotel. I just. I want them to just get swings, get comfortable with a, a turf grass infield, which we don't really have uh, up in the Northeast. Everything's either all turf or all grass. Uh, and just kind of get used to focusing on baseball again and not the travel, essentially. Do you have any team building tips? Oh man, I, I think travel's probably our best thing because we spend the first seven, eight weeks on the road. That probably helps me not have to do kind of tricky stuff in a lot of ways. But really, we, we tend to get together once a week and watch film and just talk. And once they get comfortable talking with each other, the field stuff kind of works itself out. What are some keys to handle on that early road trip? You know, the, you're on the road for quite a bit of time. How do yeah. you handle that as a northern team? It, it's essentially, let's, we just robbed a home run over the fence. It was awesome. Uh, it's essentially cultivating the positive experiences of it and not worrying about, about win-loss. You can play really well and lose a game just because you haven't been outside. So it's, it's focusing on those things, and I ban them from looking at stats until game 20. They've all got to promise me, don't look at stats. We'll, we'll evaluate you in a different way, essentially. How have you been able to develop that patience? Uh, Ten years of working in the Northeast. I'm from Philadelphia, so it's just kind of the thing we're used to doing. Uh, but that, if we can preach that and guys don't start pressing, we're okay. What about some more tips for coaches to try to build a championship program? I think, We've had a lot of success, so yeah, you we, know, we have. what lucky. are some tips? I think if, if you develop a reputation of treating the kids the right way, 
letting them kind of view the context of the game without the anxiety that comes through all the youth levels, you attract the right kids. And then we essentially preach from day one, if we all want to get where we're going to go, I got coaches looking to move up, I got players looking to move up, we got to win games together. Yeah. They, they grasp that really quickly and you see it kind of bond them. Yeah, what are some other things? How are you helping kids kind of develop? We don't always see that now with the travel ball society. Sure. How are you helping te- kids develop kind of that team first mentality? It, it's understanding that I'm going to be individual first with each of them. And I'm going to develop each one of their skills to, I don't want to say the word marketable, but best translate to the next level. Once they know they've got individual buy-in from me, I can allow them to freely focus on the team. And that's what we tend to see, is as soon as they trust the process, they can focus on other things than the process in a lot of ways. How have you handled kids getting that year back from, from COVID? It's just been an honest conversation with everybody. It's uh, what are kind of the overlying goals? Where do you want to be? Do you have many third-year guys? Yeah, I got six. Six? Six guys. And I've got three guys that had opportunities to leave last year. They just weren't the right opportunities. That's been a common theme with a lot of the JC coaches that I've talked to is kids had opportunities but were willing to come back. They're willing to come back. I had two guys that got pro $20,000 contract offers, and they came back just because they feel this is the best for their development. It just kind of speaks to the the culture. I, I don't like that word, but the, that's what it is essentially. I mean, what do you what do you view as culture? It's a huge buzzword, and I don't really like that word that I term know, either. A, we've used it a ton. It's uh. What are some other terms you might use other than culture? Connectivity, like uh, everybody pulling on the rope is the cliche term too. You know, it's just just these guys are all bonded in a certain way, where we qualify for the World Series, and I got 15 former players that want to zoom with the team right away. You know, and that. That's what's special about it. They kind of feel that in a a lot of ways. Thanks, Coach. Absolutely. Here with Rodney Bennett, Frederick Community College head man. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. It's great to be here. Yep. So is it more special this year because of everything that was going on with COVID and unprecedented times? Oh, without question. Um, Obviously, the, the whole country went through the pandemic in all aspects of life and Athletics obviously is a key to a lot of people's uh, lives, and you know, the the frustrating part for us, I guess, was uh, you know because of COVID, you know, the, the guys we didn't have the regular normal routines uh, in the fall. We couldn't practice together because of limited numbers, so you know, a lot of these guys never knew each other um, very well in the fall. How did you help that transition then, when everybody was able to get together? How how did you help that transition? Well, you know. The, the guys really did a great job of um, rising to the occasion, so to speak. And I think each each of them knew that this was like, um, this was very different and unique in itself. And, and I think the guys took it upon themselves to be like, all right, this is like it's for everybody. So let's try to, uh, let's try to uh, gel, so to speak. Let's try to get to know each other as fast as we can. And, uh, you know, we had to do everything at a high pace. You know, we had to hurry up and get a lot of things done in a short amount of time. And, uh, you know, and again, there's that balance, too, though. How how do you not panic because, you know, you have so much to to do? How are you able to pump the brakes when you need to, too, to make sure you don't panic too much that that you're behind? Yeah, well, I I think I think, yes, there was a lot of anxieties for all of us, uh, the players and sure the coaches, because we we know after, you know, we've been doing this for almost 20 years with this staff and we're like, you know, we have a syllabus, so to speak, and this is how we do things. And the syllabus kind of got thrown out the window. <laughs> so we kind of did a lot of things on the fly that we thought we could do with, uh, you know, with everything that was given to us and all the parameters. What you were know? some examples of some things maybe you did differently this year that you hadn't had to do in the past? 
Well, I, I think um, the, the biggest thing is we spent more time on reps than we did team situations, which was a concern because, you know, we did very little first and third situation because we were so far behind with our normal reps, even conditioning, because we couldn't do team lifts together. Um, we would spend 20 minutes a day trying to do team conditioning, 20 minutes a day of fundamentals, 20 minutes a day of reps and basically it's just good for coaches that you've got to have that kind of that with the conditioning piece you got to have that general conditioning built up before you you start to be aggressive right because well, you're going to get some absolutely. guys hurt right if, if you try to rush it. yes and the, the biggest concern for us was not getting these guys physically ready for a college season yep. in a short window because typically we start january 10th um, this past year uh, with our covid guidelines we started february 15th and that's a huge difference. Usually our pitchers are up to 90 pitches before we head south yeah. to start our season, so to speak. But, you know, there was no southern trip. There wasn't anything. So we, we, had, we had about four, four and a half weeks to get guys ready. It kind of felt like the high school days where the high school team had two weeks to get ready and, uh, and then went about it. But How did you manage pitch counts then early in the year? We really managed it. What, what we try to do, we, we had our guys up through, through bullpens. Uh, we had them up to 60 pitches apiece, which there's a difference between 60 bullpen pitches and 60 game pitches. So we kind of had it on guys on uh, basically 45 to 50 pitches, game pitches, and three innings, something like that. So we did a lot of dividing up, and, but we were learning ourselves in real games and games that mattered for our playoff seating. So I would say as a coach, this was the most challenging thing I've ever gone through but as a coach, this is the most rewarding thing that has ever happened to me in my 19 years. And, uh, you know, fortunate enough to go to four other World Series, but this team is special for so many reasons. And like we're outlined of, of what they did um, together, what they did unprecedented time, um, was just quite remarkable. What's the strength of your team? The love of each other. That's awesome. Uh, these guys absolutely love each other. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that to say it. Every coach should probably say that about their team out here. But, you know, I have teams that liked each other before, teams that were okay with each other, but this team... How do you know that as a coach? They never stop cheering. They never stop being engaged at practice with each other. They never stopped when the game started. They were always, just always together. And we see them every day once practice was allowed to happen. And there was never any... You never seen arguing or bickering, or you can tell these guys just absolutely love each other. And then at the team dinner last night, you know the, the local little league team, which is awesome here. Um, every player had to stand up and say, you know, what they love about the game. And I would think out of the 28 guys that stood up, I think 26 of them mentioned the word how much they play for their teammates. I mean, that's refreshing, uh, especially in a day and age where, you know, it is a lot about me, so to speak. And uh, you know that this group truly cares about themselves, which they should, but they also care about their teammates. And, and I think they realize early on that they might have been part of something special happening here. And, and here it is. What are some keys to playing well this time of year? Well, the key to playing well this time of year is just trying not to let the moment get too big for you. And that's easier said than done because this is the biggest moment. You know, what, what I always say is, no matter what level you're at, there, there's a pinnacle to it. You know, there, there's a ceiling. Well, you're here. 
There is no higher level at your level. You conquered this level to get to this spot. So the, the thing for me is, Stay true to how, yourself. How do you bring them back? I mean, it, it's going to be human nature to, to realize that, hey, we're at the World Series right yeah. now. How, are you, how do you communicate that to them? That like, hey, it is big, it's the World Series, but again, it's still baseball and we got to try to get centered in on playing the game. Well, the, the, the biggest thing you can do, obviously it comes with inside them, but the biggest thing you can do, and one of the things that I like to do with my guys is, is try to minimize the situation. I've, I've done that a lot, and you know we've been fortunate to be ranked in the top 20 in the country every year, so we have a bullseye, but I try to minimize it with all the guys. Hey, you know, you're ranked, you know, that kind of stuff, but the minimization is, listen, I want you to be nervous. I want you to be excited. It's a good thing, right? Yes. I think that gets lost in the Absolutely. shuffle. That, 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 that excitement, Absolutely. it means something great's about to happen. I think that gets right. lost in the shuffle well, a little I'll tell bit. Them, if, you, if you're not nervous, you're not human right now. Well, do you still get the butterflies as a coach? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I still feel like I'm 12 here. Yep. <laughs> my body don't feel that way, but my mind thinks I'm still 12 and I'm playing the game or be involved in the game that I love so much. What are, what are some routines that you use to, to keep yourself in the, in the moment? Well, I, I think one of the things I do is always reflect. You know, I reflect to my team. And I realize that sometimes I don't want my emotions to get too high or low because you forget that they do see you. They do watch everything you do. So if, if I'm panicking, they will go in panic mode. So no matter what happens, you always act like it's not a very big deal. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, low pulse. Well, you, you and try the best to ones I've been around yeah. are able to keep that low pulse when, when it gets going. It's a fine line because excitement and passion, once that gets rolling with any team, it's hard to stop. But you also don't want to be over the top yeah. with it. If you're over the top, your emotions, you could be drained in three innings. So it, it is a very delicate, fine line. And it's just, you know, I think getting to know these young men individually and building a rapport with them helps it when you're speaking to all of them. Because when you're speaking to all of them, you hope that what you're saying, that, that young man thinks that you're talking to him personally. And, and I think that's the, that's the key to trying to minimize a situation where you can't, you, know, you should be jumping out of your shoes. But, you know, I, I don't want you to think that the first guy gets up and hits one over the fence, the game's over. Like all the airs let out of your balloon, whether it's good or bad. So it's a, it's a fine line. Just you always relax, relax. It's a long game and let the thing play out. Is there a turning point for you guys this season? Yes, there was a turning point. Um, we were kind of scuffling. We had lost six out of nine. Um, right toward the middle, starting the second half of our season. And, you know, ironically, it was a game that, even though we were struggling trying to find each other, trying to find out who could do what, because we had no preseason, um, we were playing in a game that at the time could dictate whether we'd be a two seed or a three seed, which is the difference of a bye and so forth. And it was a tight ball game, and the umpire at the time, uh, we, in our eyes, we felt we really got squeezed. I mean, we really got squeezed. It ended up costing us a game. And you know, and what I did was I, I said, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out here see if we can get a little spark. And I went out, and um, I got ejected uh, for calling for arguing balls and strikes. And uh, you know, I did it for two reasons. One, I was frustrated, but two, I did it for my guys and uh, to see that I had their back, even though we were scuffling in this streak. And after I got ejected, 
we haven't lost since. <laughs> so to me, it's been that. I think the guy well, has picked understood. the right spot for it. Well, sometimes it hasn't How many years, you know, what's the percentage where it has turned for the better and, and <laughs> maybe where it hasn't turned how you wanted well, it to turn? I tell you what, it was probably, I, I've done that before strategically and it didn't work. Um, but I was this one here worked to perfection. Um, it, that it really goes into did. the makeup of your team too. Like it, if you have did. a special team that cares about each other, they're probably going to handle that ejection the right way. And I, I think it was the first time that, that the players saw that I had their backs. And before, I think they thought I did, but now they, it confirmed it for them. And, and everything just came together for them. And from that moment on, they realized, hey, let's just, let's just go do this. And they have been incredibly fun to watch ever since. And just a great group of young men, good human beings. What's your focus for today? Focus of the day is let's get some reps. I mean, the one thing is about coming here and, and meeting and seeing the town and meeting the great people of the ballpark and the tournament director, that's awesome. And they're like, man, you know, we're here, we're excited. But they're still wrapped up in this moment. That gives normalcy. Yeah. That's normacy in there you hear right now with that ball's hitting, and that's what we wanted, a little bit of normacy, because, you know, that's like tomorrow, one of the things I'm gonna do, uh, the 10 o'clock game, the first game. I mean, we play later in the day. I'm gonna take the guys over, and I'm gonna take the guys over because all of their anxiety, all their nervousness, all their excitement, well, you got to get used to that environment, too. To see the, exactly. That's part of performing in the bigger moments, too, is yes. being comfortable in the environment that you're going into. Exactly. Helps yeah, exactly. you've been here before, so you can add a little experience to that. But the more you can get them in that environment and allow them to soak it in, probably allows yeah. them to perform a little bit better. Yeah, and I think while they're sitting there, they probably imagine that they're in that dugout right now. So I want them to, to get out their nerves watching two other teams get out their nerves. <laughs> so that's the nice thing is we don't play right off the bat, so we get a chance at least maybe, hopefully that helps, um, just to help ease that pressure a little bit. Because the, the last thing you want is to come out so nervous that you, know, you, you do things uncharacteristically and maybe you get yourself in a hole that you can't recover from. That's the only fear as a coach that I have is, let's just do our thing and don't beat ourselves. Just let the other team beat you. If they're gonna beat you, let them do it. And that, that's the biggest concern is to make sure whatever nerves you have, hopefully it's one pitch thrown to you, boom, it's gone. Hopefully it's one ball hit to you, whatever it is, we just wanted to go quickly. Awesome, thanks coach. Yep, absolutely. Thanks so much. Here with Todd Rhyme, a head man at Kirkwood. Thanks for having us. Appreciate you. Appreciate you coming down and giving junior college baseball some coverage. Yep. Uh, you know, let's speak to that a little bit. There's great coaches at every level. Um, just speak to that a little bit. Absolutely. I think at this level, I think you run into some really good coaches. And our level is about development. Our level is about getting the junior college player ready to play at the Division One level. And you don't, you can't just let them show up and play. You got to teach them, develop them. Um, and I think you see some of the best coaching done at this level because kids have to improve to get to that next level. And it's not just about D1 too. A kid may go to junior college for a couple of years and figure out that that maybe a different level is going to be a better fit. Correct. Absolutely. Um, we have a lot of kids that are going NAI, D2, D3. What this does for them is it gives them two more years to grow physically and mentally to figure out where they belong. Yeah. Is it more special this year with all the unprecedented circumstances that you guys are here? 
Absolutely. I mean, to, for our kids to go through what they went through last year, losing their season, then to come back, have a season, all the COVID protocols that our guys have been with. We hadn't eaten out at a restaurant all year, you know, just little things that they've had to be very cautious, make great decisions off the field. For So for them to show the discipline that they did to get here, I think it does make it special. How many third-year guys do you have? We have five third-year guys. And it's been pretty average for the guys that I've talked to. They all have about four or five or six guys that came back. Yeah, and I think it means a little something extra for those guys. I mean, when we qualified, they were pretty excited. It was, it was pretty neat. Yeah, because there's to no see guarantees, oh. you know, coming back that it may may or may not work out how you want it to work out. Absolutely, and you know, to stay healthy, um, both injury-wise, health-wise, and then to put together the season that they did, um, there's absolutely no guarantees of that. What's the strength of your team? Right now, I think we're very offensive. Um, and we're very unified. We got a group of kids that want to compete for each other. Um, they play hard together. Uh, they don't care who gets a big hit. And I think that's what makes this group pretty special right now. What are some keys to playing well this time of year? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is minimize free bases. Um, that's been our key all year. Um, and then deal with some adversity. Um, there's going to be some adversity this weekend. And how are you going to handle it? What team's going to continue to play and make the next play? And, and that's something that we touch on a lot. And then here's the thing. Go out and have fun. Nothing changes. Play the game the way that you played it all year. Compete um, and play for that guy next to you. And that's all we're going to stress to our guys. How are you able to handle that adversity as a coach? Yeah, I think for us, we're still playing a game. And I think our guys are going to look at me and our coaching staff and how we respond when it gets tough or we make an error, we give up a, a lead. And we're just going to keep playing. We're going to stay positive. We're going to continue to push forward. And we have to lead our guys and show them that nothing changes and we're just going to play the game of baseball. Seems like you always have some tight teams. What are some good, you know, tight as together, not tight yep. as in playing tight, tight as in together. What are some team building tips for some coaches that are watching? Absolutely. Culture is big in our program. You have to have it. You know, we talked about earlier, kids come to your program to go on. It's easy for them to think about me first. We got to get them to build into playing for each other. And we do a lot of different things. We do a needed challenge. Um, we do different what competitions. What does that so, so our You're, needed challenge, you see it. A lot of teams do the Omaha challenge. Um, we do different competitions, strength, speed, um, any agility, anything, it could be trivia. How do you split up your team for that? So what we do is we split them up, we rank them top to bottom when it comes to strength, speed, and we try to split it as evenly as possible. And then we so have the coaching captains. staff does that? The coaching staff does it. Our, our captains then in each team, they assign who does which event. Um, and then we score it. We get a score sheet every day. To me, that's the best team thing that we do because not only are you building that unity, but they're doing it through competition. And kids love to compete. They love to see numbers. And that's how we go about it. Yeah. What are some other good team building stuff? I like to do things together. We want to go to the volleyball matches. We want to go to the basketball matches. Um, come to my place, whatever it may be. Um, any way we can compete. And then we do a lot of stuff in mental training. Um, we do a lot of stuff with video. Um, our guys are put in positions where they get to communicate and talk about what they've learned through mental training. I think anything you can do together as a team allows your team to grow and be unified. What does the state of Iowa mean to you? State of Iowa is everything to us. Um, you'll look at our roster. We have 30 players that are on our roster. 27 of them are from the state of Iowa. And we feel like we're representing the state down here. And born and raised in Iowa, um, great place to live. And I'd, I'd love for our guys to come down here and really represent the state the way I think they can. Do you have a fail forward moment? Do you have something that, that you thought maybe was going to sidetrack you, but looking back now was one of the best things that happened to you? You know, I think in our season this year, we were 0-6. We were 0-6, we were 8-13. And, and 
Because that's a little punch in the face, right? You probably 100%. expected to, to get off pretty good with what you had coming back. We thought this team was really good. We thought this team was a team that could get to Enid. And then all of a sudden you're 0-6 or you're 8-13 and, and the guys are looking around and they're looking for leadership. And it is the best thing because we rallied around each other. Um, it allowed us to play better. It showed us if we just stick together through adversity, we can overcome it. Was it, it. one game, one moment? What, what kind of turned it back to the, the right side? You know, one thing that I think really changed it is we entered Chase Mosley into our lineup and hadn't played all six games and goes up and hits a grand slam in the first game. And you could just see everything kind of change. And he's the guy that does everything right. Unbelievable in the classroom, unbelievable in the weight room. Um, and it got us going. And then all of a sudden we start coming back and winning games that we were down in. Um, and we started to really develop a, a never quit attitude. And I think that really changed our season. Yeah, you know, I read the press release when you guys wanted to get here. You talked about Pete. Um, you know, can you talk about what Pete's meant? Pete is absolutely the best. Um, he brings not only knowledge and a skill set where our hitters get better. Pete gets your guys right mentally. Um, they have a confidence about him. He has a confidence in what he does, and it carries over into them. And it is so neat to watch not only our hitters but our team believe in themselves and he has a lot to do with it. And I don't know if we're here without Pete. Um, I think he's unbelievable and I'm so thankful that he came and, and is working for us at Kirkwood. Well, and you guys were together at NIAC, then mm -hmm. he leaves, you know, what's been different with him than the first go around that you guys coached together? Absolutely, I think it's been neat to watch the difference in both of us. I think we both changed and- What the way changes? I mean, what do you feel like is different now than when you were at NIAC? Uh, I, th I think a few things. I think one, for, for Pete, he is so confident and so comfortable in himself and just believes in what he's doing. And, you know, we joke, Pete, Pete 2.0, and it's real. Like, he has a calmness and a confidence about him that he just goes and does his thing and, and we all follow. Um, so that's what's really fun, and I think we work better together. Um, I think with age, I've calmed down a lot, um, and I think that's allowed us to be a lot better together. Does that just, is that somewhat experience as a coach where as you get older, I think we all probably developed more patience as we got older in the profession. Do you think that just comes with time as a coach? I think absolutely. Um, I think we all grow, we all change. Um, and sometimes you learn what, how guys respond. And obviously in, in coaching, every player responds a little bit differently. It took me a little while to figure that out. And what, what kid, what button you need to push with certain kids, but I think a calmness and a confidence allows your kids to just go out and play free and loose and, and they can enjoy the game. Because I think that's what this generation probably needs more out of their coaches. Not when, when you and I were playing, um, you just kind of expected your coaches were going to be a little more combative than what they are now. Do you feel like that's the biggest change with today's generation of kids? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think they want to be coached. I think they want to learn. And I think sometimes that gets missed with this generation. They, people don't think they want it. They want it. Yeah. They just want it in a different way. They want knowledge. They want facts. They want you to be able to show why are we doing what we're doing. That's what they're doing. They're, they're data driven. Um, and they don't want to be yelled at every day. And, and I think there's a way you can go about it without doing that. Our job is to be a teacher. We're a teacher, we're an educator, and I think that the new style of coaching allows us to do that at, at the best of our ability. Talked about data. What, what, is, what are some of the data points that you're using with your guys? Because I, you know, I, I think as an older coach, for me personally, there's so much information mm -hmm. out there. How are you whittling all of that information down and then relaying it to them? Yeah, I think the key things for us are this, is exit velocity is important. Statistics show it. Um, 
the harder you hit the baseball, the better chance that you have. We look at that, we measure that a lot. People talk about launch angle. Well, launch angle, there's it's numbers. A it's a byproduct of the what we're doing. The has a launch angle. Absolutely. It, everything that comes off the bat has one, so it's just a byproduct. Absolutely. And people think when they talk launch angle, we're talking high launch angle. No, the, the, the medium range launch angle is where you get your hits and the averages go up. You look at big league numbers. So Where's the sweet spot for your guys when you're looking at, at and what you're trying to get to? What are the sweet spots? And I know Pete was big on the, on the ropes. Yep. Are you guys using the ropes? We don't use them as much because now we have the technology that we didn't have before. Yeah. So for us, 10 to 14 is a line drive. 10 to 14 is going to get us a hit where people yeah. think 30% launch. We're not teaching 30% yeah. launch angle. We're thinking 10 to 14 line drive. And then it also varies kid to kid. There's a guy that's going to drive the baseball over the park. Yeah, they can have a little more wiggle room yeah. ahead in the count. But for us, for us, it's about hitting the ball hard. Um, you know, Pete's big thing is swing faster. You know, compete with intent, and that's what we teach, um, and that's big for us. And, and we really work on that. He'll work on that today when we're taking BP. Any other things you're tracking offensively besides exit velocity? For us, it's all about swinging at good pitches. So all season. How are you season, tracking pitch selection? We we track pitch selection all the time. He has. We do a chart and we do it every single day. It talks about contact, swing and miss. Are we swinging at pitches in the zone? Or are we swinging at pitches out of the zone? We we did not chart one time in our off season whether a kid got a hit or not. We knew if they did or not. We wanted to know, are we swinging at the right pitches? Are we drawing our walks? Are we being aggressive on the pitches that we need to? And what that does is it's allowed us to walk a ton this year. I think we might be leading the country in walks or tied with Eunice because we swing at the right pitches. And that is because Pete's had our guys buy into that. And, and that is a big um, thing that we measure. Say you do have a player that's that swing, you know, the Randall Simon chin to shoe tops. <laughs> How do you help them harness their, their pitch selection? We, we had a kid like that this year. And so what we did is we had, we would film everything and then we would also use, we have synergy. So we would be able to show them, look at where you're at up in the zone. We have a young man that he swings and misses up in the zone at all times. So we showed him when you get the ball down in the zone, this is where you have success. And we talked about this earlier, kids want data. You put data in front of them and it is a teaching tool. They take advantage of that. So what we would do then in batting practice, whether it was a strike or not, he couldn't swing at that pitch. And all of a sudden it became second nature to him and then he can carry it over to the game. Is that an eye level thing too in the setup where maybe I'm looking a little bit lower in the zone than what I'm used to? Yeah, I think that's a great point. And I think each guy learns and reacts to it differently. So we have to, as coaches, find what is best for each individual. And there's nobody better than Pete at doing that. All right, thanks, Coach. Thank you, appreciate it. Here with Kevin Kimball, Phoenix College head man. Kevin, thanks for having us. Hey, thanks for, it's great to be here. Yep. So. Let me talk about how special it is, especially an unprecedented year, how special it is for you guys to get here. Uh, I mean, this was the toughest year that I've, I've ever coached uh, with all that kind of stuff thrown in there, uh, coupled with the fact that I had a, a lot of great guys on my team this year that I just I wanted them to experience this. Uh, so when we won, to be honest, it was more of a relief than it was. You know, I'm glad I'm glad that we won. It was just I'm I'm glad these guys had a chance to get here. Um, you know, they could replay this tournament week after week, and a different team would win it every week. Uh, so just getting here and having a chance is awesome. Uh, Hopefully we have some things that kind of go our way this week and, and you know, a few bounces here and there and, and a few calls. But uh, 
but yeah, this uh, this year is uh, has been one of the toughest, but it's also been the most satisfying. Well, even to get a season in this year, because I mean, there was talk last summer that you guys weren't even get to play, correct? Yeah, at one point, uh, you know, I got word that our season was canceled. Uh, I went through the process of contacting my my players and said. Uh, not going to have a season this year. Uh, if you want to look for another place to play, I'll help you find another place to play. So that's at one point that that happened. Um, obviously, things changed. Uh, you know, a few weeks after that, there was a little bit of a uh, an uproar and and whatnot. And slowly but surely, we we got to that point where it looked like we were going to have a season. Uh, all of our guy, all my guys, stuck with us. Uh, not one guy left. Um, so, but this is, it's definitely been a, a special group and, and uh, with all that kind of being said, the fact that we went from, you know, having our season cut short last year like everybody else, then to possibly not have a season this year uh, and then getting it back going again. Uh, and these guys are such a resilient group. We've had 10 wins in our last at bat this year. Uh, they just, nothing phases them anymore. Uh, so there's that. We have that that little bit of uh, you know that mental fortitude uh, about us that that hopefully will bode well for us this week. Talked a little bit with Jeff Willis last night just about how hard him and Mike Davenport about how hard your schedule was this year for you guys. Can you go into that for some of that maybe on the outside looking in, looking at your record, but then doesn't know all the things that you had to go through this yeah, spring? Yeah, Arizona Junior College Baseball is no joke. Uh, there's 14 junior colleges out there. We're all in the same conference. Seven of us are Division Two, seven are Division One, uh, and we got to play them all. Uh, so Central Arizona, who's at the Division One World National Series, champ, returning yeah. national champ, by the way, uh, they're in our conference. They were 31 and 0 when they played us, uh, and we were the first team to to beat them. And uh, so that was a little bit of a feather in our cap. And, and kind of, to be honest, kind of when our season started to turn around was right around in April. Uh, 14 of our first 16 game conference games were on the road, so we came out of the gates a little bit slow. Uh, but once we kind of started to get going there, that game against Central started to kind of find our footing a little bit, gaining some confidence. Uh, but yeah, our schedule is, is no joke. Was that uh, the turning point for your season when you beat Central? Did that kind of get things going in the right direction for you guys? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, the funny thing is we played a doubleheader that day. The first game they, I mean, they kicked our butt. It was 10 to 1. But I met with my team after, after the game and I just said, hey, you know, uh, we're not that far away from, from beating these guys. I was like, if we make you know a couple plays here, a couple better decisions, uh, so on and so forth. I was like, I said, we will win this game. Uh, and I, I told them that. I said, if we do those things, we're going to win this game. I, I said, I guarantee that. Um, and we won that game. And, and you could just kind of see the confidence build from there. Uh, and. Uh, you know, it, it definitely hasn't been smooth sailing since then. I mean, we had a couple rough patches still, but uh, that was definitely kind of a turning point for us. What is the strength of your team? I mean, you talked about resilience. Besides resilience, what's the strength of your squad? You know, if you're just looking at the, the big three as far as hitting, pitching, and defense, uh, I'd say hitting is definitely our, our strength. Um, defensively, uh, we're not amazing, but we're, we're pretty solid. Uh, we're 
one of those teams that usually doesn't beat themselves. Uh, a couple good arms at the, the top of the rotation, a couple good bullpen arms. The rest of it is, you know, we got to have some guys step up. When we were here four years ago, we beat the number one team in the tournament and eliminated them. And, and in that game, we had one of our relievers who I think had thrown, you know, at most two innings in, in an outing the whole year. Uh, I don't know how much he had thrown overall, but he came out and pitched, I think, the final six innings of a game. And uh, that was his best. You know, you need to have a couple of those uh, I mean, in the tournament. Is that the key to winning in the postseason is maybe having a guy or two that you hadn't, you know, you have those Cinderella stories. It seems like every year teams that win have one or two of those guys that maybe didn't play early but got hot late. You, you, you have to. You have to have a guy or two, whether it's offensively, on the mound, uh, that step up and you're just like, man, I don't know where that came from, but, but we needed it. Uh, just everybody needs that little bit of something to kind of get them over the hump because uh, everybody here is good. Everybody here can beat anybody. Uh, Pitching is good. Everybody can hit all those types of things. So you you definitely need kind of that X factor that can kind of get you over the over the hump. How many third year guys do you have? Uh, we have seven. Uh, unfortunately, a couple of those guys are injured. You know, our starting catcher who uh, was probably our team leader, one of our better players. He's been out the whole season, uh, and one of our pitchers. Uh, but the other guys uh, that are those third-year guys, those are definitely our, our leaders. Those are the guys I kind of look to as far as, you know, setting the tone for things, culture, those types of things, because I don't want to have to do everything. I want, to, I want them to kind of run the show a little bit, and they've done a great job. Uh, great kids. Uh, and those were kind of the guys that I was, again, when we, when we won, the relief that I felt was more for that group right there, those kind of super sophomores. Uh, and I know that the, the work that they put in and, and how bad they wanted it, and it, it motivates me as a coach to, to work that much harder. What are some keys to developing that culture? You know, are there any some team building tips that maybe there's some things that you do that you feel like help your program? I've never been really a, much of a team building guy. Uh, you know, I think it's just day by day doing the right things, setting examples. I'm not one of those coaches that just yells, do this, do that. I'm kind of one of those guys that's I'm doing the field work. I'm doing all those things and I want guys to see that because I think the culture part is different at a junior college because one year, you know, they're learning the next year they're leaders uh, and that's they hopefully you've done a good job as a coach of instilling that but if it always just comes from me your teams aren't really going to make it this far uh, but uh, again I don't really I don't think there's anything you can kind of say like this is what it is it's just day after well, day every year is going to be different right especially at your level you have so much turnover from year to year that's going to be different every year, which is probably challenging. I give a lot of credit to the junior college coaches because it, you have you got new faces every year that you're and, trying and to, to get. And to be honest, it, part of it is hard, but it, it also keeps you on your toes as a coach. You can't get stale. You know, you're like, oh, this is an old group. I've had them for four years. We just can just kind of throw, roll out the balls and, and, and go to it. So in a way, it's made me a better coach because I do have to stay like every year. Different half my group is different. You know. What are the buttons I need to push on this group? Do I need to need a little bit more of a kick in the butt? You know, pat on the butt, whatever it is. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's always going to be different. But like I said, that's the part that I love. What's the focus today for you guys? Focus today is just kind of having fun and, and kind of enjoying this. Uh, the hay's in the barn, so to speak. We're not really going to, you know, what we do today isn't going to make us win or lose tomorrow. So it's more about 
kind of letting these kids kind of have some fun and and our guys kind of you know mingling around with them and and just kind of working the kinks out it was a long couple of days on a bus so it's more about just getting getting loose and uh starting to get ready for for a game and kind of getting in that mindset any other tips for coaches <laughs> work your butt off I, I you know when i think back to when i first started coaching you know as a volunteer assistant and grad is all that kind of stuff it's long hours and and some coaches kind of get chewed up and spit out because it's not very much money and it's a lot of work uh but if you stick with it um in the end it's it, it makes all that work a little bit more satisfying do you have a Dan Callahan story? Do you have a good one? I mean, you probably have multiple, but do you have a good one? I know we, we all miss Coach Callahan. He's not with us anymore, but do you have a, a good Coach Callahan story? My, my favorite one that I still kind of tell sometimes is because uh, we had a, a little workout area in the clubhouse at, at Southern Illinois, uh, and I was in there one day, and I happened to hear something like loud like it sounded like something fell on the ground and i walked in there and and cal was laying on the ground he was on the stairmaster and apparently he was kind of working a little bit a little bit too hard uh and he just looked up at me and he goes you can't get in shape in one day so that was uh appreciated coach thanks very much <laughs> thank you here with ron riggle head man at lincoln land two national championships correct how many appearances uh this is eight does it make it more special this year with everything that you guys have had to go through? I think maybe a little bit, you know, having what happened last year and then obviously a different challenging year this year to get all our games in and, and be back is special. How many third-year guys do you have? One. Just one? One third-year guy. Seems like you and Madison, I think, both are, are, are sitting at one. Yeah, we so have everybody one else who was here more. two years ago when we were here in 19. What is the key to winning this time of year? Um, you know, I think playing fundamental defense. You know, little things matter, and, the, and the, I think the team that makes the fewest mistakes usually wins the most. Yeah. What was the focus on yesterday at practice for you guys? Uh, same thing, little things. You know, moving the baseball, securing the ball defensively, making the routine play, things like that. Yeah. What are some team building tips for coaches that are looking in? I mean, you won two national championships, so what are some keys to getting teams to, to kind of buy into team concepts? Um, you know, I think we've just got a group of guys that we consider to be baseball players, you know, and, and, and they come in and, you know, we You've just... You've always had that, though, right? We I mean, have. Is that part of recruiting? It is. I mean, you know, I mean, obviously, who doesn't want, you know, high-level draftable kids? And we've had our fair share, but, you know, for the most part, we have, we have baseball players. We have guys who, you know, want to come together for one common goal and, and work together to win games as a ball club and, and you know winning solves a lot of that for sure. I've been doing this a long time what has the NJCAA meant to you? Uh, you know it means a lot I mean I'm, I'm a product of it I mean a long time ago I was fortunate enough to get to play in the NJCAA I was I was one game away from the Junior College World Series my freshman year and uh, you know to get to come back and coach in it I've just been a big believer in it it was it was great for me to give me the opportunity that I needed I would have never ended up where I did if I didn't go to a junior college first and you know, I just think it's a great place for kids to go to get their start. Hey, do you have a fail forward moment? Do you have something that maybe you thought was going to sidetrack you along the way, but looking back now was one of the best things that ever happened to you? Um, you know, not really. I guess when I when I first started, I, I kind of had a job off campus, um, you know, and then about five years in, it was kind of that, you know, this is really what I want to do. And, and so I became 
full-time at the college, you know, and uh, ever since then, it's just really kind of taken off for me. What are some tips for coaches that are just getting into this profession? You know, it's, it's a lot of work, right? It's not, it's a lot of work. It's not easy. You know, there's not a lot of glamour to it, um, you know, but if you get in, it's very rewarding, you know, to get to see these kids progress and get better and move on to the next level and be successful, not only in baseball, but in life. Uh, to me, that that's what it's all about. I mean, well, and there's no playbook to it, too. It's not like if you do this, this, and this, you're going to end up here. Correct, right. It's a lot of trial and error. You know, the, the game has changed a lot since when I started 30 years ago to today. How, how has it changed? Um, you know, it's, it's a lot more, I don't know, I guess I would say analytical now. Yeah. You know, with Rap Soto and spin rates and, you know, velocities and exit velocities and all that stuff. It's, 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 it's trending more that way. Right, where I'm kind of more of a trust my eyes type guy. Having yeah, but, but that's part of experience as well. I mean, you, it is. You've allowed yourself by by the men, as many reps as you've gotten, you can use your eyes. Where a, a young coach, when we were all young coaches, we couldn't use our eyes as much. But now you can use your eyes. Exactly, and I think you know as you move along, you know you know trust people that have that have been around. You know, use them. I I, I try and be that for people. You know, to to bounce things off of and to be there for. Because there were some people that were there for me. Uh, you know, and that, that means a lot to be able to, to do that, and, and, and I'm always there for people that, that need some help. Do you like having the buy, or would you rather be playing today? Um, a little bit of both. I mean, obviously having the buy is great. Uh, you know, everybody has to play before you do, so that's, that's always good. And now we get an opportunity to watch these guys play live and in person uh, versus, you know, maybe seeing some video or things like that. So uh, I think the buy is good. Thanks, Coach. Thanks, appreciate it. Here with Jeff Willis, head man at Eunice. Uh, trip 10 and six national championships, 39 and 10 here at the D2 World Series. So thanks for having us. Oh, thanks for having me, Rhino. I appreciate it. You know, it's just a pleasure. You Look at all the kids running around, yeah. man. This is why we play the game. Um, you know, just to see the joy on all these kids' face, you know, especially after pandemic and everything shut down last year, we don't get to play, and now we get to play, and just a just a pleasure to be here. What has the NJCA meant to you? Well, I, I, it's opportunity. You know, I think it's opportunities. You know, their slogan is opportunities start here, and what a better message for for young people. Um, what a better message for, for young athletes, um, young students. Um, you know, the opportunities start here, and just been a very very. Um, very lucky to be a part of this and get an opportunity with the NJCAA. Great leadership there um, from the top down with Dr. Parker and his whole staff. And then, you know, the people here in Enid, you can't get better than the people here in Enid. Talk about some of the third year guys that you have, you know, and those guys coming back for you. Yeah, I think, you know, we've got a veteran club, you know, a veteran club and, you know, they love each other. And, and when you got a group of guys that love on each other and they like the grind, they like the mundane, they like the simple things. and. They've got a throwdown mentality when they get in the in the in the arena and they want to compete and then they love on each other and they're able to keep things simple and you know, our guys you know they like to play the game like they're playing wiffle ball on their block against their boys and so you know it's been a pleasure to be able to have an opportunity to coach the young men that are sitting in our dugout. Did you have a turning point this season at all? Well, you know I don't know if really a turning point. You know I think we were. You know, you hate to say it, but you know, we're happy we got to play. And you know, any other year you wouldn't make that comment. And so, does it know, make it more special this year because you guys made it? Well, I, I don't know if it makes it more special. You know, I don't think anything at this time of the year, how a team is does, whether they win or lose on a team, really says what the legacy of the team is. You know, it, it, that's all inside. That's what type of people they are, how hard they work, what they bring to the table each and every day. And we got a group of kids that, no matter if they win or lose, you know, their legacy set in stone. Man, they deserve to win. They deserve to win. They've been fun to coach and uh, just been very lucky to be a part of that. Is it better to, to get the bye or would you rather be playing today? Well, 
I'm, I'm not a buy guy. You know, I want to play. I mean, I, let, let us play an extra game, you know. Let us play three extra games. And, you know, we want to get on the field. We want to compete. You know, we signed up to play baseball. And, you know, we positioned ourselves to kind of be where we're at right now. But we would far rather want to play today. Yeah, how are you handling the last couple of days? I mean, how, how are you handling it with your guys, um, you know, just to, to allow them to get acclimated even though you're not playing? Yeah, I think it's key. You know, we don't ever – in our program, we don't talk about championships, you know, because I think championships that are, you know, what is the definition of a championship? You know, is it if you win on the scoreboard? I don't think that really tells if you're a winner or you're a loser. I mean, and I think a lot of people are dictated based on their identity, based on if they win or lose a game or, you know, how successful they are in a business world, how much money they have in their pocket. And that's a very fleeting thought for young people because life, you're going to have a lot of failures. You're going to face a lot of adversity in this game of baseball. The same thing's going to take place. And, you know, I think success. Do you feel like that's how you guys have done so well in this type of environment because you're not making it too big? You're not no, making with, it about without, the championships? Yeah, I don't know. Sir, I just know we the don't numbers, talk about championships. I mean, 39 and 10, you yeah, can't we don't argue talk about championships. We don't, we don't ever mention winning the last game of the year. We don't ever mention winning a championship. Um, we, we do talk about playing the best game we're capable of playing. And I think that when you treat it like that, and you know, one of the things that's very comforting right now is we haven't played the best baseball we're capable of playing right now. And hopefully we're trending in that direction. But again, this game is that we'll play tomorrow, or if we play another one or two or three more, those games are not any more important than any game we've played, whether it's the first game of the year, the 25th game of the year, or the last game of the year. They're, they're, we get to play baseball, man. We get to play baseball. We get to play a kid's game, and, and play is the key word. It's not, it's not work. It's not you know laying our life on the line, fighting for our country, nothing like that. You know, it's it's uh, it's not war. I mean, we get to go play, man. We don't have to work and. We're going to treat it like it's a game, and, and our guys are going to have smiles on their faces. They're going to get after it. They're going to play hard, and you know our guys got a little nasty about them. They want to get after their opponent, and uh, the biggest thing is when you're able to do that, and guys assume their role and they love on each other no matter what happens, and we let the chips fall where they fall. I think you got a chance to do very well. When you got to Eunice, Eunice, did you feel like this is what it was going to look like when you got there? Well. I, I was very lucky to have some tremendous coaches in my past. You know, one was your father, you know, and I had a great high school coach and uh, guy was six foot five, six foot six and military guy, buzz cut, you know, jacked up, always in the weight room. He's 65 years old and could outlift everybody on the whole high school football team. And uh, that guy had tremendous love. He was hard on us and he'd fire a fungo bat at you. but. You know, there was times he'd bring you in the office and give you a big hug. And, you know, same thing with your father. I was lucky to play for your dad and appreciate everything he, he meant in my life and the direction that he pushed me to be. And, you know, I was lucky to have a couple of other coaches as well. And along the way, Russell Stockton was one of them. Brian Reese was another one who's a scout with the Yankees now. And just those guys, you know, were, were guys that I was able to take a lot of different information and kind of combine that. And, uh, and then again, you know, make sure our guys understand we're playing, man. You know, we've got to get after it, you know, because in life, if you lay down and you don't get back up when you get punched, man, you just get ran over. And so it's key for us to make sure when we get punched in the mouth, we get back up. And not we don't ask why we got punched in the mouth. We get back up and we punch back. For coaches that are going through tournament time for the first time, give them some tips on how to handle it. Well, I don't know if I want to do that, you know, especially. You know, but no, we got I do. All I do. Levels that are I do. Yeah, I think it's key not to make. And the it game. might be a youth tournament. There yeah, might be. I don't youth think you make it bigger than what it is. I mean, you don't need no raw, raw speech, man. You don't need anything like that. You don't need to to make it bigger than what it is. You're you're able to slow things down. Let the guys go play. We tell our guys enjoy the moment. Let it loose. Let it fly. Look around. Look around at the people in the stands. 
enjoy the moment. You've earned your, you've got yourself here. You've earned your way here, and uh, just don't make it bigger than what it is. And I think guys that are able to do that are guys that are going to be very, very successful. But you know, if you're able to move on, if you have failure and you're able, we're big on burning. You know, if something if you fail, if you have a bad at bad, you have a bad inning on the mound, you make a bad play, burn it, man, burn it. You can't. You got to live in the present. You know that. Everyone, you live in the present. You don't live in the past. You don't, you, you learn from the past, live in the present, prepare for the future. You know, guys talk about that a lot. It's harder to do. That's one of those easier said than done. And, you know, you've had experience doing it. And so, obviously, a little easier for you to say that. But that's that's something that comes with experience. Yeah, I think you learn that as you get older, man. As you get older and uh, you're able to slow things down. And, you know, here's the thing. You're not going to take no championships with you when you're dead and gone, man. You're not going to take them with you. What you do is you take those relationships, man, and, and the legacy that you build with the relationships you have with the kids that are around. And, the goal of this whole thing is to make good husbands and fathers. If you're coaching a male sport, if you're coaching a female sport, make good mothers, you know, you know, wives. And if you're able to take that for what it's worth, and and uh, you're able to do that, um, then you've got a calling, you've got a purpose, and you feel passionate with your purpose. You got a chance to do something special. Thanks, coach. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Here with Craig Rainey, uh, Adrian alum as well, but have had a phenomenal career here. Um, and congratulations, by the way. Thank you, appreciate it. Talk about the game to get here. Uh, unreal, unreal. Went down six nothing. Uh, we were getting no hit through six innings. Uh, their All-American guy was on the mound. We knew it was going to be a tough day and things. And um, luckily, in, in the in the in the seventh, we got a couple guys on and got a big swing and hit a grand slam, and that put us right back into the game. And then our guys just started believing that we had a chance at that point. And, and you know, it kind of was storybook in the ninth. You know, we'd, I think twice we were down to two outs, two strikes, and, and got hits and kept the inning going. And then we got the walk off in the 10th. Talk about what it means to the school that you graduated from. Yeah, I mean, it's, well. it's, a, it's a pretty cool thing, obviously. Uh, you know, being graduating from Adrian and, and doing all that stuff. And and uh, then I went away for a couple of years, got my master's, then uh, got hired back to be the assistant coach for three years and then took it over, um, you know, 28 years ago as a head guy. But, uh, you know, it's it's been special. I mean, it's, it's, it's home, so. Is it more unique this year with everything that you guys have had to go through to make it? Yeah, I mean, I think it's more unique. I mean, this is the same group of guys we would have had a year ago that we thought we were going to be pretty good with. Um, and then it all got kind of taken away from them. And then, uh, you know, for them to get a second chance and, and for it to actually play out the way it did and, and to get here, um, yeah, it's been really special. What is the strength of your team? Um, I don't uh, Pitching, probably defense. Um, we pitch it really well, uh, you know, pretty much every day. Defensively, we've been really good all year. And then, uh, you know, we, we grind out at bats and, and we've gotten some big timely hits. 30-year continuous member with the ABCA. Can you talk about the organization a little bit? Yeah, the organization's awesome, unbelievable. Um, I just, you know, I was fortunate enough a couple of years ago to, to talk on, uh, to talk at the convention and things. And I remembered back to when I first started and I went there and, you know, I'd listen to guys and, and really realize how much I didn't know about baseball at that point. Um, and still a lot of things to learn about baseball and things. So it's great organization. I mean, every, every day, you know, they, you guys put out something that we can, we can uh, grow and, and get better with. And, and I follow it very closely. And it's, it's just enhanced my whole coaching career. You've had a lot of success in the postseason. What are some keys to playing well this time of year? 
Um, I think just relaxing and enjoying the moment and not making it bigger than it is. How I mean, do you get your guys to do that? I think that's something we all say, but how do you how do you get your guys to do that? Yeah, I mean, like when we were at Whitewater, we just talked about it. Was, it's a 27-out game. Whether we have a lead or whether we're behind, you got to get 27 outs and use them all to the best of your ability and, and don't ever give up and keep fighting and, you know, all the normal cliches that, that you would use. But I just... I mean, it's something that we've worked with our guys all year is just understanding that, you know, you can win the game on, in the first inning or you can lose it in the last inning. I mean, it, it's, it's a long game. Thanks, Coach. Yep, appreciate it. Here with Bob Babb, ABCA Hall of Famer, 40-year continuous member. Coach Babb, congratulations for being here. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. I'm proud of my team for being here. Yeah, I mean, talk about the challenges. Didn't even get to have them in the fall, did you? No, and... Uh, we were in Florida last March 12th, got sent home, and I, haven't, I did not get to see the team again till March 1st. And none of our facilities were available to them. All our fields were locked down, our gyms were locked down. So our kids really had nothing to do from last March till March 1st. So how proud of them are you? I mean, oh, for, for being able to pull this off, I mean, you're playing at the end of the year. Absolutely, this was our ultimate goal, but I didn't think with the way the season played out that we would be able to reach it. Particularly, we played our first doubleheader, lost both games, and we only had a 14-game league schedule. So when you lose the first two and then we split the next weekend, we were 1-3. and three. The team we lost to was 4-0. and oh. So we were essentially four games behind. They had to lose four more, and we had to win them all. And we won five straight doubleheaders, and they managed to split four doubleheaders. So you were there throwing batting practice. I mean, it's good stuff, you know, to, to still be able to do that. Do you still enjoy doing it? I still, I really do. I mean, what's the key for you to be able to throw good BP? Obviously, you've done it for a long time, so what's uh, the key for you? Just having a good feel with the ball, you know. Uh, some days it doesn't feel right. Most days it does, but, uh, you know, that's the big thing. What have you loved about being at Johns Hopkins? Uh, working with incredibly bright, mature young men and, you know, getting to know their parents who are also special. Um, and developing really close, you know, ties, which I have with so many players uh, and who have been so supportive after they graduated. So, you know, it, it, I couldn't deal with better people. For a young coach that's watching right now, what are some recommendations for a young coach trying to get in the profession right now? Um, try to learn as much as you can, get to the conventions, uh, talk to older coaches, share ideas, never think out of the box. We change things every year. Give me an example of something maybe you changed um, recently that, that you know, maybe an idea that changed your mind or a drill that changed your mind on something. Uh, one thing I started doing maybe three years ago was I was watching a Phillies red game and the Philly pitcher had a batter 0-2 and he fouled off like five straight pitches and each pitch he hit better and better. And I thought there's no way he's thrown everything at this point, there should be a reliever in there. So I started doing that. So I've started bringing relievers in many more times, mid at bats. But particularly if I see a, our, bat, our pitcher gets two strikes and the kid fouls off a couple of good pitches, you know, then I realize, well, if he's not going to get him out with those pitches, let's show him a new arm. It's phenomenal. Something maybe I haven't even thought about before, too. So, um, you know, speak about how many times you've been here, the World Series. I think this is, if I'm not mistaken, my fifth time. The first time was way back in, jeez, uh, what year was it? 19, I guess, 86, I don't, I don't know. But we were up in Bristol, Connecticut, and then 
We were up in Appleton a couple years, and we were fortunate enough to be here for the first year, which was two years ago. Um, so, you know, it's every experience here is terrific. Uh, and I'm just, you know, I, not so much for me, but for the kids, you know, it's a great experience. And for them to be able to say, yeah, I played in a college World Series, that's pretty special. And some of our kids can say they played in two. Uh, and two consecutive in three years. <laughs> so. What is the strength of your team? I mean, you're still probably trying to get feel them out a little no bit, aren't you? About 20, it. No 20 games in, you're still trying to figure your spot out, aren't Absolutely. you? Absolutely. Usually now is about the time where we're coming back from Florida and our trip, and we were about halfway into our season, and now we're beginning our 18-game league schedule. Um, and now we have a pretty good idea because we played a lot of games and gotten to play a lot of different players. The one issue we had this year, obviously, with seven doubleheaders, you only need two starting pitchers. And you don't, you, know, you don't have opportunities very often to get subs in because the other team's throwing their two best pitchers every game and they have their full bullpen. So I didn't get to play many of my young players. And then obviously when you get into regional, it isn't the time to experiment. Now I had to throw in a kid who hadn't played all year at second base, and boy did he respond. Um, it seems so, like you got to have a few of those to, to play well this, this time of the year. Yeah, you you got to have, have some unsung heroes, You right? have to have some surprises, um, no doubt about it. Yep. Thanks, Coach. You're welcome. Here with Joe Brown, SUNY Cortland. Congratulations, Coach. Thanks, Ryan. You know, just talk about your guys' tradition and history. You've won the national championship in 2015. Just talk a little bit about your program. Yeah, I you know, obviously just got off the phone with a young man talking about Cortland and we're very fortunate because uh, for the last 28 years we've been fortunate to be in an NCAA tournament. So anybody, you think about what's occurred in the last 28 years of your life, and in May you can always anticipate Cortland would be in postseason. So that's we're very proud of that. And we've been to the uh, World Series 15 times. We were successful in, in 15, a great a great run. And then we also were runners up in 05 and 10. So certainly we're here. We're ready to compete. What are some keys to, to having your team play well this time of year? I think getting through the season. I think I give credit to any spring sport athlete in any spring sport in a college and high school to get through some of the regulations and, and challenges we had. It's a successful season, and this is the icing on the cake for the kids and the fruits of their labor of all the, the testing and travel and all the restrictions. It's nice to look at each other and, and say, hey, hey, we're playing some baseball. Talk about summer baseball. I mean, you've been in summer baseball for a long time. Yeah. Talk about summer baseball. Yeah, crazy, crazy. Yeah, so I spent eight years in the Northeastern Collegiate League, which is now the New York Collegiate League, managing, and then six summers up in the New England Collegiate League with the Sanford Mainers in Vermont. People call me crazy for doing that, but I, I enjoy baseball. I love it. I developed great friendships with all the coaches at, at you know, Coach Corbin and Coach uh, McDonald and Coach Lamonis and Smith at Arizona State. Coached all their players. Um, and, and they send you good kids. It's great to coach those kind of high-caliber players as well. Well, yeah, I mean, that's key to summer ball. You do it long enough, guys are going to know you treat them right. You're going to send them back to school healthy. I think that's the biggest balance in summer ball is making sure you keep guys healthy, correct? Four things in summer ball. Number one, you're there to get productive and get better for your school. Don't judge it by numbers. You'll see it when you get back in the fall. Number two, develop relationships with kids that you probably think are enemies. Number three, professional exposure. And hopefully, number four, you help your organization win. If we're sucking it up for seven weeks, let's try to win a few baseball games. Well, you've been the ABCA New York uh, Coach of the Year 11 times. Talk about the organization a little bit. 
Oh, it's a heart and soul of college baseball. You know, I recall back going to my very first one as an assistant coach at Finger Lakes in New Orleans. I was 22 years old, unleashed in New Orleans. Not a good thing, but it was awesome. And then there was some a, t- a period of time through some of my coaching where I kind of got disjoint a little bit, but then you find your roots, get back, and then get with your friends and start going. Partially funding at the Division Three level, but at the same time, all your best friends and coaching are members and of, of the ABCA. Give a young coach out there right now that's just getting into it, give them a little advice. Coach. Just coach, just go. Don't, don't coach, you know, I started my first year coaching at, at, at uh, Cortland, made $1,000 for five straight years. I mean, it, it didn't even cover gas money, but it wasn't about the money then. I think we look now as, man, am I gonna get 15, 20, 40 grand coaching my first year? Am I gonna get benefits? You gotta make some sacrifices if you wanna be in it. Suck it up, go after it, coach in the summertime, make connections like that, and then the fruits of your labor, if you do the right thing and you get with the right people, you're gonna get an opportunity. What are the strengths of your team this year? Versatility. Versatility. Like it. We, like we are it. a team that, I'll be honest with you, as of 1.44 p.m., I have not named a starting pitcher yet, and my kids don't care. And it's been that kind of year. We've, we've lost out. We we're minus our one and three hitters right now. We have been since this, the, uh, but it didn't matter. Uh, and then, you know, we also are minus probably three arms, big arms. Doesn't matter. Just some, somebody else do it, and that's, that's what this year's all been about, just making adjustments. So. Thanks, Coach. Yeah, thanks for your time, man. Appreciate it. All right, here with Mike Dixon. Thanks for having us, Coach, head man at Rowan. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. You've been at the high school level, junior college level, Division three. Just talk about the differences between the three levels. Um, so I've been at, at high school, uh, Division three, junior college, Division one at UPenn. Uh, so I have a wide range of, of knowledge within the game. Uh, I think, in a sense, it's all it's all the same. Uh, you got to be able to play fundamental sound baseball uh, to win. You got to be able you got to be able to score when you have opportunities. You got to be able to pitch. You got to be able to play defense. Uh, I think if you do those, you're generally all right at all three levels. And we have great coaches across all levels, and I think that's something we try to to get out to to recruits, parents about finding the right fit at schools. Yeah, I think uh, finding the right fit is is so important for the for the kid. It, 2019 or 2018, I think we had 10 Division One transfers on our roster. Um, I think for the parents, no matter what level of baseball you go to, um, you want to have an opportunity for your, your son or daughter to play, um, and you want to find the right fit academically for them. I think if you is look at the biggest piece, you think what, why it doesn't work out for kids is is it's not the academic fit for them. I think I think there's a lot of different reasons. I think that's one of it. I think they get caught on maybe only one or two schools offering them scholarships. Um, and because you know the, some of the cost of higher education these days, they take the, the scholarship and they get there and they realize that the academic major isn't isn't what they're looking for. The school size isn't what they're looking for. Um, so, you know, I wouldn't always say jump at the first scholarship that you get. Find the right school that's a fit. Go visit. I mean, that's a big one for me. You better go see the place and see if, if you can spend time on that campus. Definitely. I, I say vol- visit it multiple times. Uh, throughout the year, see what it's watch like. Watch them play, right? Watch them play. Yes. See what they have in your position. Um, I think you also have to be willing and open to move positions um, and not be stuck in one one position. But I say go visit two or three times. Get to know the coaching staff. Get to know the community around the school. And it's a big decision. And especially in today's circumstances, I think kids make the decision too early. Um, and they end up, uh, end up, hopefully, you know, the second time around, finding that right fit where it could have been done uh, the first time. 
2010 national champion, Gloucester County, correct? 2010 and 2013. Talk about what it takes to win in this time of year. You got to play well at the right time. I think the team that is that is playing well, the team that executes, the team that is relaxed but confident, uh, is a team that teams that generally win at this time. Yeah. Talk about your team a little bit. What are your strengths? I think we're balanced. I think uh, my best teams that I've ever had, whether it be junior college or here, are balanced. We can we can beat you different ways. Uh, we're not necessarily a home run hitting team, although we can hit home runs. Uh, we can hit doubles. We can we can run, um, and we play defense. Um, and we tend not to give freebies. So that's that's been the strength of our team throughout the year. I mean, you talked about willingness to switch positions to get on the field. Do you have guys, examples of that on your team, my, of guys that have had to switch positions? Absolutely. My short, my current shortstop came in as an infielder. He played outfield his first, his first year. Um, my third baseman has played third, both third and second, a little bit of left. My DH has played third, left. My outfielders have played all three positions. Um, I think it's especially important at this time of year when you have smaller roster sizes that kids can play multiple positions. And at a young age, the ultimate goal is getting on the field. So if the coach asks you, hey, you know, you're swinging a bat well, can you play left field for us? The answer is yes. Like, I want to get on the field. Talk about what it means to be coaching your alma mater. Came full circle, going back. Uh, I was a player here, an All-American center fielder here in the late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, played in four regional um, tournaments. Uh, didn't get an opportunity to to play in the World Series, although I was an assistant in the World Series team in 04. Um, just a great feeling to be able to come back and lead uh, my former uh, institution to a college World Series. Thanks, Coach. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Here with Troy Brohan, Coach of Salisbury. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having me. Congrats, by the way. Just got your 200th win. Yeah, it was a big win. Big win, uh, 200, and uh, got a region win out of it at the same time. Yeah. Salisbury's been 20 years in a row, right, to the regionals? 21. I, 21. Coach, Coach Cyrus will have a heart attack and say that. <laughs> 21 in a row. <laughs> Just talk about the tradition you guys have with the program. Well, I tell you, uh, it starts with, with guys. We're not a big transfer school. Uh, we, we bring a lot of young guys in. We, we like to develop them, watch them develop them grow, and they buy into the tradition. So when you get to each senior class, it isn't like uh, somebody's been there for one or two years. Man, they've, they've been homegrown for those four and they know what it's like with that tradition. And, uh, you know, with this class especially, uh, with Justin Meekins, um, you know, you have a leader right there that, that he's going to be a really hard one to replace. Yeah. Yeah, really good playing career, 11 years uh, pro ball. Talk about the transition going from being a really good player to then coaching. Uh, you know, I always knew I wanted to get back into it. Baseball is my love. Uh, you know, I, to get paid for it is just that much better. Um, but, but I always wanted to, you know, I had veterans that they lent their experience back to me that made me a better player. Um, and I've always wanted to do that myself as far as getting down here, whether it's pitching, you know, I hit in college, so I know a little bit about it, not a whole lot. But um, just to pass those experiences down, the knowledge down to those guys and help them grow and develop uh, is something I've always wanted to do. Talk a little bit more about your squad and the strength of your team. Well, I think the strength is depth, to be honest. Uh, you know, we, we have some leadership on this team with Clayton Dwyer and, and Justin Meekins. Uh, and again, going back to the homegrown thing, we have some guys at Sky Rehu who didn't really play much his freshman, sophomore year and, and just worked his tail off. And now, you know, he, he could be an All-American uh, leading the team. Stephen Rice, uh, Cullen McCulloch, a walk-on, who's now starting to second base. Um, you know, depth there, depth in the bullpen. Uh, one thing that's really hurt us in regionals and World Series before is is lack of depth in the bullpen. Uh, we always had the one, two, three starters, uh, but the, the 
depth in the bullpen really hurt us. Uh, and this year, I think we've, we've done a nice job developing that. Coach Heenan, uh, my assistant pitching coach, has done a nice job with that. Uh, and, and, and the regional is one of our strengths. How do you have those conversations with guys? Maybe you're not going to play a year or two and just talk about you know them being patient. You're going to get on the field. I think we all ran into that as coaches. Is you know that trust factor with your guys that hey I, you may not be playing right now but but you're in the mix yeah i mean every recruit we bring on campus we're very honest with them say you you have an opportunity to start i mean I, i'm the type of coach that i don't care if you're a freshman sophomore junior senior if you are the best player you will play at that position but the chances are you're not going to be as a freshman um, you have to buy into the program uh, if, whether it's getting stronger uh, taking a veteran you know and, and picking his brain to get better uh, coming in daily, being yeah, a great team. You probably have some examples, don't you, with some older guys that maybe didn't play right oh, away, yeah, where I those mean, guys I, can I talk can, about it? I can go around right now with Sky Ray Hill, uh, Matt Padaway didn't start right away, Cam Hyder did come in and start right away. But but every year there's somebody that steps up um, that, that you don't expect, but, but it's the time and effort that they put in to make themselves better, the, the self-commitment. Um, that, that's just, you know, when, when they come through the program and then you get to that senior day and you see how much they've grown, um, and the impact they've made in our program from start to finish, it's, 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 a, it's amazing sometimes. Thanks, Coach. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Huge thanks to all of our ABCA coaches for taking time out of their hectic schedules to talk to me. Special thanks to Bill Mayberry, Chris Parker, and Ryan Cote for their hospitality in Enid, J.J. Schwennen, and Dan Hammes for getting me set up in Cedar Rapids. With the college season winding down, friendly reminder to get out there and support your local colleges next spring. If you haven't been to a college game, you'll be pleasantly surprised with the product that's on the field. Thanks again to John Litchfield, Zach Hale, and Matt West in the ABCA office for all their help on the podcast. Feel free to reach out to me via email, rbrownley at abca.org, Twitter at coachb underscore abca, Instagram at ryanbrownlee17, or direct message me via the MyABCA app. This is Ryan Brownlee signing off for the American Baseball Coaches Association. Thanks, and leave it better for those behind you.